Excited? It's a new school year. In the past, it might have been that there had been a level of nervous excitement about going back to school, even if, in reality, every young person in the country would prefer to have a lifelong summer holiday. But 2020 isn't like any other year, and the return to school for our teens has a Covid-shaped shadow over it. Not only have many of them not stepped into a classroom for almost six months, but they've seen a bit of a debacle over this year's exam results. Uh, They've seen shifting sands over social distancing and safety in schools, and they've still got unanswered questions about what's happening with next year's GCSE exams. Already, there doesn't seem to be a lot going for this year. Or is there? Hello, and welcome to the Study Sessions podcast, Season 2. In the first series... We looked at a range of broad topics that might affect our teens. We talked to Dr Dominique Thompson about perfectionism and the fear of failure. Catherine Burblesing discussed the importance of structure and parental influence. We talked growth mindset with Chris Hildrew. And of course, the power of positivity with the doctor of happiness himself, Andy Cope. And these were just four of the amazing guests that we had over 17 insightful episodes. This time, we're going to be much more focused on what our teens are actually going through. In this series, we're following six very different students as they work towards their GCSEs in summer 2021. And we met those students in the last episode of season one. Each week, I'll be catching up with each of them in a one-to-one coaching session. Then, a panel of experts will discuss some of the issues that crop up in one of our podcast episodes. Sort of a, a study of studying, if you like. We might be covering anxiousness by mock exams, or how to master time management, or perhaps getting guidance on how to revise a specific subject. So every episode will cover something that your own teen is likely to face on their journey to GCSEs. So if you're a parent, guardian, carer or teacher, be sure to subscribe. You'll pick up tips, practical advice and relatable stories, all invaluable when it comes to supporting teens to fulfil their potential. Perhaps, unsurprisingly, in this first episode, we're talking about going back to school. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Charles Fillingham and Kevin Ayres. Charles is the headmaster of Francis Holland School, a leading independent girls' school in London. And Kevin is the founder of September Ready Go, an online summer camp created to prepare teens for the new school year. So thank you both for joining me today. Uh, how's your summer been so far, Charles? Morning. Uh, thank you. The summer had a super break and a chance to get away. We went to Scotland. We had a staycation, of course. And there is a quiet patch in school holidays where the emails go quiet at the beginning of July and, and the very, very, very beginning of August. And then <laughs> it has been busy since A-level, just before A-level results day. Of course. No, absolutely. And Kevin, how about you? I'm presuming actually probably the opposite is true. That you've yeah, been busy. It's, <laughs> it's been a kind of a crazy, I've set myself this task of, you know, just responding to the kind of global doom and gloom around education and people throwing around phrases like lost generation. And, you know, I'm a father of teens myself. And I thought, right, well, what can we do about this to try and reverse that and talk about actually that kids have got this and that they can do it and you know let's get some positivity and motivation so yeah my summer's been pretty pretty crazy sort of non-stop for the last two months but but it's been great it's been really rewarding time so excellent as you say i mean we're obviously got this shadow of of corona still and pandemic and and lots of doom and gloom Um, and i think normally it's it's 
it's reasonable to expect students to feel a bit jittery as they're heading into this, the new school year, some nerves, some excitement, um, getting the pencil case ready and all of that kind of stuff. But this year does, does seem to feel like there's a, um, a bit of a shadow. Obviously, our students have had longer off now in real terms, or certainly interrupted education. And Charles, do you think there is a, a sort of this big mountain to climb um, that many teens are feeling? I think for teachers and for children, you find yourself in January. This is this is January for the rest of the world, where you know you can look forwards and you can look backwards. And we're looking back at a, an extraordinary year, different from one I've known in my 25-year career, hopefully different from any that anyone else will come across in many years to come. But it is also a moment for looking forwards to things that will be all right again, things that we can get safe for the children. And I think back-to-school-itis, you know, I've been a a teacher for 25 years, uh, the night before term starts, I always sleep badly. Um, I've, and I've never left school. So I think if children are feeling a bit nervous, uh, that's perfectly normal. But mm. this is a fresh beginning. It's a new start. Mm. I, do, I really like that sense of optimism, that actually there are things that will come in the way that we will all suffer adversities um, and getting on with that. But it can be difficult, can't it, um, Kevin, for teens who, who may not have had as much life experience as us wizened um, old blokes um, on this particular episode. And so actually can feel much more dramatic. Yeah, I think, I think for me, as Charles was saying, it's about looking forward, that it, if we just all keep watching the news and you know, accepting that narrative that it's all terrible, then, you know, yes, absolutely. And of course, there's going to be back to school nerves and so on. But I think for me, this is an opportunity. And I'm seeing this in the business world. Some people are kind of closing down and some people are seeing this as a fresh opportunity. For me, I think for students, this is an amazing opportunity because so many, you know, I know, look back to my school career and it's so easy to just go to school go through the motions, you know, you're on this kind of conveyor belt, you know, I ended up with a master's degree, and you can go through the school conveyor belt. And it's kind of can feel if you're not careful, it that it's done to you. Now, you know, looking, I've looked up Charles's school, and I'm sure Charles, you know, it's the kind of school that's going to provide far more opportunities and, you know, bigger picture than that. But still, it's still very easy to feel on a, on a bad day, that education is something that's done to you rather than saying, oh, my goodness, I've got this amazing opportunity. I've got this amazing resource available to me to shape the life that I want to live. And, and by the way, that's only one of the resources. I've now, if, I, if I take action, I've actually got the internet. I've got, I can find mentors. I can, there's loads of things I can do to shape the life I want. And so for me, this is a, a shock to that system of, of thinking to say, actually, I'm in control here. There's plenty of people who've got terrible GCSEs. I mean, I'm in contact with a lady who's running a very successful company. She was at a terrible childhood. She got no GCSEs to her name. And, and I think the message is, you know, these, these letters don't need to define you. They only define you if you let them define you. And actually, although that feels like your world right now, actually that this is an opportunity to sort of see the world differently and the people who do see the world differently quicker are going to be the ones that really launch and succeed i think you're right kevin i was going to say here it's here at francis Holland, we say it's the girl not the grade that matters yeah. we all like to have three a's after our name or, or ten nines after our name uh, but the the individual themselves i would also say just like you've got two teenagers at home uh one who's just coming into year 11 um, right and has, has been at home and had just a couple of days in school in the end of the summer term. And there is a moment, I think, that is perfectly normal. Every 
GCSE student in their GCSE career, where suddenly the scales fall from their eyes and they realize, oh, they're my GCSEs. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not yours, dad. They're not yours, <laughs> yeah. mum. They don't belong to the teachers. And I think uh, awful as this experience has been for schools, uh, I have a child at home who suddenly realizes, yes, he does want to go back to school. Um, and those few days he was in um, was saying to me, oh, yeah, actually, it was really good. We learned a lot more. And I, I, I imagine, actually, we're going to have GCSE children coming back with a new desire for a new beginning. Mm. I think it's interesting that, that the, um, the notion, and you're, and you're absolutely right when I reflect on my own um, performance in uh, my degree or my A-levels, that actually you look back and you say, well, actually, I can, still, I can still do the things I want to despite not getting the grades that I wanted to. But that message tends to be what we'll hear in mid to late August, <laughs> when people yes, have got yes. their grades. It's not the kind of message typically that we hear at the beginning of the school year when we're looking yeah. at children who, for better or for worse, are still going to have this collection of um, numbers now, which moves them on to the next, to the next stage. So I think we have uh, at school four core values. Uh, there's knowledge, which makes sense, of course, not just knowing how, uh, what, uh, not, not just knowing information, but also knowing how to do things. So powerful knowledge to how to live your life as well as simply regurgitating facts. Compassion, which perhaps we need more than ever now. Spirit, which we interpret as being fun and enjoying life and throwing yourself into it. And perseverance. And, you know, perseverance is the least glamorous of our four that we've picked out, but perhaps it's one of the absolute key ones right now. Mm. We, we mm. do need to persevere. The teachers and the pupils uh, and things will be a bit different next week and the week after. It all is not lost. Really love those two things. Uh, perseverance and what was sorry? What was the last one? Perseverance and spirit and perseverance. Spirit and perseverance. And I think one of the things I've reflected on as I've gone through this September Ready Go uh, summer camp is really that I didn't fail enough as a teenager. And actually, you know, the whole. Uh, again, I'm not, not talking about Charles's school, but in general, the school experience can be very much, it's all about you've got to succeed, you've got to get those A's, or you've got to get those grades. And actually, the fail, failing at something pretty generally teaches you much more than succeeding at something in, in life uh, because you have to be resilient and overcome it and so on. And, and generally, I realised that I didn't really fail much because I probably didn't stretch myself enough. Uh, and and that it's okay to fail because you learn something and you push forward and you learn you know you move forward from that um and so i think having that kind of culture of actually it's fine to fail and fail often fail regularly fail forward push yourself um and, and grow and that's and that's fine and again i think that resilience so i love those two phrases because when you combine them what you end up with is a lot of failure and that's a good thing you know because you because you've got spirit so you try something you muck it up or you don't quite achieve it and that makes you more resilient you know, and that those two things equal failure. And I think that mindset of failure is all right because it means if you it means you're trying new things, and of course you're gonna be a bit rubbish at them when you start. You know, I, I think that's a fantastic thing through this. And a lot of kids are gonna come out with grades and, and rather than blaming the system because they they graded me down or they graded me different or this, that or the other, which is starting to blame somebody else, you can't really do anything about that. You could spend your whole life blaming that system rather than just taking ownership. Do you know what? I'm going to change the story and I'm going to fix it. Do you know what I mean? I think that, that sort of uh, mindset is going to really serve people well. And we did. We heard a lot about that actually in the first, in the first season of this podcast, the, that growth mindset of mm. putting yourself out there to try something new. And as you say, if you're, if you're not failing, then you're, you're probably not stretching yourself um, enough that's not to say you necessarily want to fail and certainly when it comes to the exams and the grades you need those kinds of things but that process of learning from 
from your mistakes and from um, and sort of finding the successes from within that, I think, is, is, is so important. And we can see that much more that the children thrive on the successes that they have when actually there's been a struggle, some kind of adversity, a hurdle that they've had to overcome to, um, to get there in the first place. Mm. I also like to think, so when we're looking at the exams as they've happened this year, and obviously that, that's, it's been everywhere. It had been on a, an island under a rock with no internet connection, not to have heard about um, the, um, the various situations with GCSE and A-level results. And obviously without having that moment in time exam, I wonder whether this is going to change the approach that students have this year as they're looking at their, their GCSEs and, and maybe their A-levels, whether they're not looking at I'm building up to an exam, but actually I need to hit the ground running and I really need to start pouring the effort in. Is that, is that idealistic of me to think that actually there might be this change in mindset of, of pupils? No, I think you're. I think you're right. The days when we were open for year ten uh, and the lower sixth in the in the summer term, and here we are, a central London school. We had ninety five percent of pupils came back in, um, and uh, some of them were worried, and some of their parents were frightened about it. But I think there is a a, a fresh seeing of, in fact my goodness, isn't school useful? It's useful mm. to us in more ways than simply passing the exams. It, it, it's also the society and, and being social and children need, need each other. And I think they will be delighted to be set free to come back to school. Uh, there are all kinds of concerns. There's hand washing, there's hand sanitizing, there's regular cleaning. All the safety measures are in place. But I think there's a thirst and I'm expecting pretty well 100% attendance next week. I think it'll be really interesting as a, as a parent, and I know that all of us actually are, um, coincidentally, of teens, that having seen some of the online lessons, and I know that the way in which schools were able to do this with the resource that they had, and I think without exception, every school has done a fantastic job given what they, were, what they had at their disposal. But as a parent, you can start to see things about the way in which your child is educated that, that actually you wouldn't have seen before. So mm-hmm. as you say, on the one hand, the value of school isn't just that grade, but it, I mean, it is also that grade. So as a teacher, as a, as a parent rather, I think the next parents' evening I have about my daughter is going to be much more almost peer-like with the kinds of questions that I'm likely to ask the teacher rather than sitting passively and, and accepting the information that they tell me about how my daughter's um, doing. Kevin, do you think the, the dynamic in parenting is going to shift as a result of this and, and the involvement in education? <laughs> I think I rather suspect it depends very much on the parent. Um, of course. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure, again, the, the kind of school Charles runs, I, I'm guessing, you know, there's a lot of very engaged uh, parents. He probably wishes they were less engaged sometimes, I could imagine. I couldn't I, possibly I, comment. Yeah. I, I know. I don't, don't, uh, I'm not expecting him to answer that. But yeah. And for other kids, you know, it's the classic, isn't it? So, you know, some kids' parents aren't re-engaged really anyway, and that's kind of the problem. So it depends what school you go and the kind of kid you are. So, I, I think parents will have had a taste, I, I guess, of... But probably, there's probably some who will have a lot more sympathy for parents because they've had to do some homeschooling themselves and cajoling and, and so on. So they will have definitely been in, more engaged in the education uh, process, for sure. Um, I think probably that drive, that you know, inevitable, despite me saying, you know, not defined by these grades parents will want their kids to get good grades and therefore there probably will be a bit more pressure to get involved uh, and, and find out, uh, you know, what's, what's going on. And I hope, I hope parents do. I mean, for me, the, the thing that really annoys me about parents' evenings is so often teachers say, well, yeah, your child's fine. There's nothing wrong with your child. And I'm like, 
I'm not interested in fine. I want amazing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I want you. I want, do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't send them for fine. That's just like rubbish, you know. So I, I want. I think. I hope parents kind of push back and kind of expect a bit more. Not in an annoying way, but just a. Uh, hmm. You know, let's raise the expectations where you can. I think this year is an interesting year in that the teachers uh, have now given their centre assessed grades uh, and those have now come back to the parents. Um, and some of the parents are comparing what we said in our conversations at parents' evening with the grade that they, uh, now their child has been given. And as a body, perhaps teachers are are an optimistic bunch. Um, and we, we'd like to say encouraging things. It's much easier, isn't it, to say something mm. that's really kind and really encouraging face-to-face. And, and there have been one or two cases, perhaps, where we needed to be more honest at parents' evening. Right. Mm. That is really, really interesting. Did you say that that whole, you, you don't motivate by telling, or, or do you motivate by telling someone, actually, you're not performing at this level at the moment, but we believe in you mm-hmm. and you could do. Um, and so actually these predicted graces, you say them based on the optimistic sense of if, if you were to pull your socks up. And certainly I think this is probably more true at A-level, uh, sorry, GCSE than A-levels, I suspect. If you were to pull your socks up, if you were to do this kind of thing, um, then actually you'd, you'd be able to perform at this level rather than obviously the, the GCSE exams are, as I said before, just one moment in time. If you're, mm. if you're having a bad day, if bus was running late or um, you're just not feeling, you didn't sleep very well, all of these kinds of things can have an impact, which I guess is where that um, um, ill-fated algorithm um, <laughs> was, was coming in, that, that the teacher assessments are actually how did you perform all year or over two years and how were you likely to do so actually that sense of inflation I'd quite like to see and this is a bit odd as a as a company that helps with the exam revision but I quite like that 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 broader sense of actually how has my child developed and grown over the two years and and let's have a way in we can reflect that in the um, in the results that they have. I was going to say that one of the things I'm saying to teachers next week is that as teachers, we are the leaders of learning in the school. Obviously, that makes perfect sense to us all. But also, I'm going to remind the staff, my goodness, haven't we learned a lot over the last six months? If somebody said to us 12 months ago, could you live stream all your lessons, please? I think we'd have had entirely (laughs) blank looks. Most of my colleagues wouldn't have known what what I even meant. Um, And yet here we are, the teachers have demonstrably learnt new skills uh, and I think with some of those we can keep and some of those mm. will serve us well in this coming year. I don't think it's flicking a switch back to February or March. I think we're, we're sliding a dial and we're, we're now going to be somewhere in between what we've done in the past and bringing in best of the new stuff as well. Mm. I really like that sense. Actually, you could have a camaraderie between teacher and um, the, this, this new cohort of school um, as they, uh, pupils as they're coming in. Actually, we're, we're puzzling through this to a certain extent together together um, yeah absolutely uh, something i've seen on uh, september ready go is that when you teach when you, when you learn a new skill a you weren't necessarily even aware of or or you've been you know and uh, charles example the teachers have been and and by the way businesses and we've all had to learn new ways of uh, communicating and so on very quickly when you learn that, it gives you a sense of uh, confidence that, oh, I can do something I didn't, just didn't realise I could even do before. And certainly we're seeing when I've been uh, teaching things like memory techniques or speed reading in particular, people are amazed. They didn't realise they could read. They thought they were a slow reader and they've gone in, in 11 minutes, you know, I've taken them from 
reading at 210 words a minute to 680 words a minute. Wow. Now, you know, so the, the kind of level of confidence that they, that you, you, that, that boosts you, oh my goodness, maybe I thought I was a bit slow or I was a bit of a slow reader. And that's the story I've told myself all my life up to this point. And it's not true. Mm. Uh, and so that start, when, when you kind of learn those sort of superpowers, it starts making you think, well, hopefully it starts making you think, well, what else isn't true? What other stories have I been telling myself that, you know, I'm just not good at French or I'm just don't, you know, whatever. And it's yeah. not true. It's just you've been telling yourself this story, putting yourself in this little box. And actually, if you learnt maybe just approach in a different way or did something new, you know, you could, you could uh, totally change the story and be amazing at that thing. Hmm. And, and, and the confidence boost that comes that, and the ripple to all the other subjects, you know, that mot- self-motivation that, you know, Charles, you know, the difference between a, a clever student that's unmotivated versus perhaps an average student that's super motivated, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, execution, you know, generally eventually trumps ability every time. I think this has been super, Nathan. I think really the message is go back to school confident, go back to school, make the most of every day, go back to school and soak it up um, yeah. and step forward. Be bold. You may not be good at French yet. Uh, it doesn't mean exactly. you're not ever going to be good yeah. at French in the future. My thanks to Charles and Kevin for taking part in this opening episode of season two of the Study Sessions podcast. It's fair to say that this year isn't going to be easy. But that doesn't mean we should allow ourselves to catastrophize or to use it as some sort of get out of jail card for not trying hard this year. We hear a lot about the importance of resilience and overcoming setbacks. And we know in a, in a dispassionate way that these are the things that give us the best lessons in life and and make us stronger. But of course, it can be very difficult to see that when we're in the moment. Charles talked about two of his school values being spirit and perseverance, and these are absolutely the kind of traits that will mark out those teens who excel, especially against such a difficult backdrop. But our teens are not in this alone. We've heard that the institution of school is a fantastic resource, And those of us who've seen teens struggle to get to grips with self-guided remote learning can absolutely back this up. Yes, school is about learning facts and figures to get the grades to go to the next step, but it's also where they learn the softer skills that will see them through life. The important thing, I think, is that our teens recognise the challenges that this year will bring and equip themselves to the best of their ability to meet them, and they'll do that by asking for support when they need it. Thank you for listening. I hope, like me, you've come away with a much more positive feeling about the start to this new school year. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be really grateful if you'd leave a five-star rating. It does help us to reach other parents who might benefit from what our experts have to say. Of course, you telling your friends is another great way too, and that's always really appreciated. There'll be another episode next week, so please don't forget to subscribe to the Study Sessions podcast.